Welcome home, everyone. Thank you for joining in on this episode of Welcome Home with the Katinas. Welcome Home is a podcast where I, your host Josh, sit down for a conversation with different people who I admire and discuss whatever's on their mind, and especially focus on life at home in times like this. Wherever you are and however you're listening, thank you for your support, and once again, welcome home. Welcome, everybody. Thank you for joining in on this week's episode of Welcome Home with the Katinas. So glad you chose to join us, whether you're listening, uh, Spotify, Apple Podcasts, Google Play, or you're watching us on YouTube. I want to welcome you. I want to thank all of you who support this show by watching, um, listening, and I especially want to thank those of you who support Katina Ministries uh, financially, those of you who are monthly partners with us. Uh, This show wouldn't be possible without you, and so I want to thank you for being a part of our ministry, uh, for for believing in our vision and and joining us uh, in our mission to invite people into spiritual family through songs and stories. Uh, If you're interested in learning more about what that means, who Katina Ministries are, the best way to do that is to visit our website, thekatinas.com. You'll find all the information you need there, so thanks in advance for doing that. And as we get into today's show, um, I'm excited. We have a first-time guest here with us, someone who has been uh, a part of the Katina family for a long time. Um, I know my uncles and my dad go way back with him, but I like to welcome him officially to the show, Mr. Dave Wyatt. Dave, hey, thank hey. you for being here, man. Thanks for having me, man. And it's a it's a treat to have you with us. It's always a treat to have a a, a gifted musician and uh, someone who has done a lot in the music industry and someone who i know is, has his best days are ahead of him um with us i think so um, <laughs> i uh i know my, my uncles are, were excited when i when we found out that you were going to be here today so as we begin i'd love to give you an opportunity if you would to just share with our audience a little bit about yourself who you are where where you're from um and if you wouldn't mind sharing kind of what your connection is with the katinas as well that's a lot. <laughs> um, well, I'm Dave Wyatt. Um, I'm from Virginia. Grew up in a Christian home of great parents. They love the Lord very much. And my mom still does. My dad has went on. Um, but um, so, yeah, uh, grew up, wanted to get into music or pretty early on and went to college um, got married, wanted to be in the Christian music industry, but it seemed like a very distant idea for sure. Uh, was working at a church. Some friends were about to get signed to a record label or maybe felt that way. Um, my wife and I took a chance and moved to Nashville to go for it with this first band I played with. And, um, actually I can't believe my wife did that now because (laughs) you guys know my wife. (laughs) Um, so uh, we took a chance, which um thankful that we did. Ended up um, playing with different artists. Eventually um, started playing with a, with a group called Out of Eden. That's really how I first got to know the Katinas a little bit. Um, ended up auditioning for DC Talk, did that for a couple of years. And then when all three guys split up and did their own thing, I just kind of stayed on with Toby. Um, he kind of told me what he was going to be doing. 
we formed a band around him and did that for 20 it would be 25 years total including dc talk this this june i think yeah that's amazing 22 with toby i think 22 or 23 actually 23 with toby solo well Mm. i'd love i'd love to um so i'd love to start kind of back at the the chance that you said you took um because i i've gotten just being in the family that i'm in i've gotten to meet a lot of people who have similar stories where they say yeah one time at one point uh i lived somewhere else but i chose to move to nashville um i know for my dad and my uncles uh, that is the same story for them they they took a chance moving here um my dad says the same thing i can't believe your mom said yes Mm -hmm. to that because i i know that my parents got married like I think six weeks before they moved to Nashville. Mm -hmm. So they were, it was just, they drove across the country. I've heard that story a million times. Anyways, um, I'd like to hear from you looking back on that time. uh, I'm guessing you were somewhat newly married and making a, a leap like that. What were, what was that decision like and what ultimately led you to make the decision? Okay, we're going to take this leap of faith and and move to, to a new place in pursuit of something. Yeah. Um, well I had, I want, I remember going to a Smitty Smitty concert when I was in like, I think a junior in high school or something like that. And everything was starting to click then. Music was starting to come easy. And, um, so I knew I wanted to, like, I remember watching them on stage and being like, I think I could do that. And that's kind of what I wanted to do. That's what I set out to do. Mm. And then, so after college, I got a job at a church in Chicago. Um, and even a a year into there, I was starting to think like, okay, how, how can I, can I make a, can I form a band with some guys and start pursuing music like professionally? Um, and then, so I'd went to Liberty University oh, okay. and a guy that also went there at the same time, we both happened to be in the same area. He had friends from Liberty that were, that were in a band and they were starting to get recognized and they needed someone to come play bass on their bigger shows. And I kind of played bass <laughs> a little bit, but it's definitely a fake it till you make it thing. And so I started playing with them on a couple of their big gigs and then started talking about moving to Nashville. They were about to get signed. And like my dream was right there, you know, like this is what I wanted to do for, you know, a long time. And so the opportunity felt like it was building up to that. And Deb, my wife was, she, there's even more to the story. We, we'd been married for about two years and uh, Dakota, my oldest was born. When we left, he was three months old when we left Chicago. So that's what I really can't believe. (laughs) But it was also the, um, yeah, there was also the the church I was at. I was in a small group with uh, the pastor. There was like church. We were like a staff of 15 or 18 or something like that. So it was me, the pastor and another guy. And I started sharing about wanting to move, well, wanting to be in the music industry professionally. And I was sharing with him how things are starting to, like this could be a reality. And then like the next day of my supervisor calls me in, she's like, well, so as you're thinking about leaving maybe, or 
were thinking because the church was more contemporary. They were thinking about doing the opposite of what a lot of churches were doing at the time. They were thinking about going more traditional, oh. and so like because the church we were at was they were doing like pop music and the worship was more um, pop. So they were wanting to scale everything back. And where I really excelled was in that genre, really. Uh-huh. And uh, so the pastor was kind of like, hey, if, well, if you're leaving, now we can, now as we're changing. So there was like this slight push I was feeling. <laughs> yeah. And then so wow. when my when my wife felt that we weren't appreciated there, she was like, all right, let's just, let's go ahead and let's, let's go for it. So we did. Wow. And yeah, Dakota was three months old. I moved to Nashville. She moved with her parents for about three months while I got set up here. And then, mm. yeah, that's, that's how I... Man. Great, that's crazy. And I, I'll say, like, so many people moved to Nashville. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and we all know that it doesn't happen for mm-hmm. most people that move right. here for Absolutely that. Absolutely not. Man. You know, so it's you have to feel um, thankful mm-hmm. that God opened up all these doors that mm-hmm. worked out for me to be able to do it. Because there's guys way more talented than me mm-hmm. that are, um, you know. Mm-hmm doing different things yeah, other sure, than music sure. yeah, yeah for sure well uh i'd love to hear from you uncles if you could share um what was your introduction to the wyatt and and what did you guys do at least professionally together with him yeah something that i admire about uh dave wyatt you know throughout the years of working together on music we've done uh, a lot of records and we've worked with a lot of producers and programmers and engineers but with Dave Wyatt man I remember there was always a huge relief when I knew we were doing a record with him um, one of the memories that I have is we don't we're not an acapella group you know without tracks or anything but every now and then we'll venture out and do something acapella and normally we hire a uh, vocal arranger and this particular one is Jim Hammerly. Mm-hmm. Uh, you can go Google him, and he's an amazing arranger, vocal producer. But the five of us brothers, I don't know if a lot of our listeners or viewers even know that us, the Katinas, we don't really read music. Yeah, We so don't. We, we <laughs> don't really. It's all, we don't it's all, all by ear. Zero. Well, for some reason, every time we do these tracks with Jim Hammerly, we're working with Dave Wyatt. And so, man, just leading up to this session, I'm just stressing. I'm like, man, how difficult is this going to be? And we get there. I'm like, thank God Dave is here because he's got extraordinary patience uh, with us. And so we're like, Dave, hang in there. But this is going to be a long one. (laughs) (laughs) He's smiling and nodding right now. (laughs) We all had headaches. But Dave is quick with editing and just helping the session to move along man and so i really appreciate his uh professionalism and just his patience with those kinds of sessions for us you know after after being um in the the music business or industry for the last you know 30 plus years you you as jesse was saying you know you work with so many different um producers and people with different uh specialties in the different parts of the industry and as dave as you were saying you realize that there's so many just talented way more talented people than than we are more just dynamic you know vocalists or 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 bands and um but the thing you also find out at least for my brothers and i is we always um 
it's always about the chemistry and the vibe, the the hang, if you will, in the studio that makes it a great experience or not. And as Jesse was saying, and we're not just saying this because Dave is in our presence, but we always loved that whenever there was a song that we'd agreed to work on or even a record that we would get to work with him because, I mean, it was just, we've fallen in love with, with Deb and his kids. And um, that's what makes, makes the road. Um, those are the amazing experiences about the industry, about being in the music business is just the relationships that you, you make. Um, one of my favorite memories was working on the My Samoa record, right? <laughs> and uh, as, as Dave said, he's from Virginia. <laughs> you, can't, you can't get any farther oh, away from the South Pacific Islands a lot than, of vowels. than Virginia. <laughs> a lot of vowels. But, so he would, um, there was a time, normally Sam would be, you know, kind of telling us, hey, can you do this line again? And he wasn't there. And so, you know, we were doing the Yesue O sound. And I remember, hey, can you do the uh the Yesue <laughs> or the whatever the line was. <laughs> but this boy from Virginia got it, man. Oh man. That was a great memory. That's awesome. It's funny. I was curious, like people a lot of people listening to this uh have heard the My Samoa record. There's a lot of Samoans who listen to the show and they probably would have no idea that no idea this guy that. was the ma- the no mind behind the, the magic he was cutting the vocals yeah. <laughs> yeah that was fun i mean that was fun i enjoyed doing, working on that yeah. um and yeah it was tried to figure out what you guys were <laughs> like trying to tell you what to sing back and not yeah. being able to pronunciate it was oh, man. fun you did great but bro they don't read music you don't speak some <laughs> <Yeah>. on <Simone. laughs> we're yeah. blindly in the yeah. blind yeah, yeah. That's awesome. Well, well, Dave, well I'd like to. I, yeah. Well, I remember as far as when I met the Katinas, or really when I first started hearing about the Katinas, it was when I had just moved to town. Because you got, I came here in 96. Okay. 93. We are You're already here? Yeah. yeah. Okay. So when I first got here, we started hearing things about these Samoan brothers. Then they, <laughs> these like Samoan Motown <laughs> uh, brothers. Um, so there was this whole like, there's this energy around. Have you heard the Katinas? Do you know the Katinas? Um, so when I, the first time I heard the Katinas, I was blown away. I think as a lot of people are. Um, but I think where I really got to know you guys was when my wife got a job working for Sam, who was their man, your manager at the time. And um, that's when I really got to know you guys. Uh, I, had, I can't remember if I had worked with you before she got – I don't think I had. I don't think so. I don't think I had. Yeah. So – yeah, it all kind of goes together as far as us working together musically and then my wife working at your management company. So yeah, there's just a lot of history there. And you guys always made us feel like family, like a lot. So Thank you. I, I really appreciated Deb because there were things early on, um, you know, about the business that we didn't quite understand and um, things that we wanted, you know, that, that would involve finances and so there are many times when we didn't want to go through sam we just called deb hey deb can we do this we can we uh have that and she was gracious enough and um but she was a tremendous um asset to sure. to sam but even to the katina ministries and um yeah yeah it's crazy that you even mentioned that 
because the finances, because, you know, as you, you guys probably know, Deb went on to get her accounting degree yep. wow. after that. Yep. Okay. And then, um, at, yeah, at 40, she goes back to college, yeah. gets her accounting degree, Man. works at a medical practice, ends up becoming the CFO in a couple wow. years. Oh, wow. Wow. And, um, then as far as real, I'm a realtor now. Um, I sold a house to someone that someone was running a nonprofit ended up hiring, hiring her. And now she's the executive director of this phenomenal nonprofit. But yeah. So, but Sam saw something in Deb back then, I think. And then that's just, that's kind of been throughout her, um, well, her, I guess her professional life yeah. is just yeah. people seeing um, into her something she doesn't see for herself. Yeah. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Um, I was just listening to this podcast this morning about faking it till you make it, mm-hmm. until you make it, and um, what a reality that is. Yeah. But a lot of people that that actually get somewhere, you know, a lot of times they don't feel like they actually have the skills to do it. But everyone else around them is mm. is tell them that they do. Yeah, you know. So I think we all kind of fake it till we make it, but then there's a reason why we made it. Yeah. yeah. I guess that's what I'm that's saying. That's good. Yeah. That's good, man. Um, I'm glad you brought up Dave. Your, so you're a realtor now. Um, and I don't know all the details. So my dad is also a realtor and he's been kind of going through his journey with the, over the last couple of years, getting his license and, um, trying to figure out his, his, uh, path into that industry i guess and um i'm curious the reason i asked you about that first leap that you made or that big leap of moving to nashville i feel like there's obviously there was a leap made or being made um from your time in the music industry to now um full-time real estate i'm curious if you could talk about that a little bit i'd love to hear about just that story in terms of the transition sort of um, well, I started, this was probably five or six years ago, started really thinking about what I wanted to do after I wasn't touring anymore mm-hmm. with Toby. And I do, I knew I didn't want to tour with anybody else. Mm-hmm. So even if he came, decided to end his touring career, I knew I didn't really want to tour anymore. So I started looking at different things that would make sense. Um, and Real estate ultimately made a lot of sense to me because I could still travel and do real estate. And our time on the road is really all we all we do is, for the most part, show up and play. Mm-hmm. So I have about three hours I have to be available mm-hmm. for that. And it's at night. Yeah. So I have most of the day to do my own thing. And so real estate made a lot of sense because I could, I could work on that on the road mm-hmm. and be building a career wow. that after I wasn't on the road anymore i had something going on yeah um i'm curious because obviously you're a road vet <laughs> these guys are road vets for a lot of people touring is the dream for, for at least for music uh people in music it's being on the road having a show to play that's like oh, we made it and um i think there's a lot of uh what's the word I guess just like fantasy about this would be so great to travel and see all these new places meet all these people which I think there is a lot of that um but there is also just like anything else there are drawbacks to being on the road um and you know 
maybe some of the, those drawbacks were uh, led to, man, I need to figure out what else I want to do besides <laughs> yeah, this. Yeah. I'm curious for you, like your experience on the road. Um, I don't want you to just talk about how bad it was, but it, were, were there parts of, of, of traveling that maybe people don't think about that's like, man, this is a, a sacrifice or this is a, a struggle that um, I didn't know was, was a part of, of the gig before I started doing this? Yeah. Um, like you said, there's pros and cons. And I think the pros are somewhat obvious. You get to travel and see a lot of the world that most people don't get to do. Yeah. Right. The con is every venue you show up to pretty much feels the same. <laughs> <laughs> so even though you're in a different city, every uh, so much of it is still the same. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And like I was saying, I only have to really work about three hours a night. So you've got all day to basically lose your mind. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I mean, for what I was doing. Um, so it's like you're excited to be in a lot of different places, but you're also super, super drained because you're not home. Mm-hmm. It's like this crazy balance, you know? Um, but it, I mean, everything loses its luster sure. after a while. And um, yeah, for me, I was just, Kind of, I had been doing it for twenty five years. Well, a little longer than that, I guess, twenty seven years. And so I was just ready to turn the page yeah. because I. And that's the, the hardest thing for me leaving Toby. The hardest thing was the relationships because mm-hmm. those guys I'm on the road with are some of my best friends, mm-hmm. you know, and definitely deepest relationships. Um, so pulling out away from that, that was what I felt like was the biggest. Um, thing I was giving up and it was the hardest thing to sort of let go. Did you have like, did you have like a final show? Like, Oh, this is Dave's final yeah. show. Uh, yes. What was that like for you? Man, that wasn't, that was amazing. Mm-hmm. Um, so there's two of us that are leaving Toby at the same time. They've been with him since basically the beginning of his solo career. And it was me and a guy named Gabe Patillo mm-hmm. and Gabe is his like right hand man yeah. with everything. Um, so I had also, I, I'm, I've also left. So there was two of us leaving at the same time and Columbus, Ohio, um, played in the arena there. And that was our last big show, I should Mm say. And Toby, Toby's the sweetest guy Mm -hmm. ever. Um, he had hired a couple buses to bring our families up. Uh, And, um, so, um, my family, Gabe's family, came out to the show. And then a, all the True Artist family, Toby's management company, came up. And then just a lot of Toby's friends wow. um, that know Gabe and I came up. Um, and so, yeah, the last show, there was a we had a dinner in a separate part of, from outside of catering, because it was a pretty big tour. And so it was just our camp and everyone involved. But there was like 40 wow. people probably wow. there. And so we... Uh, kind of did a dinner. Gabe and I just hmm. said some thank yous and um, what we appreciated about our journeys with Toby and some other people spoke and it was, you know, there's a lot of crying and mm. um, it was super sweet um, moment mm. for sure. Um, but bitter, but bittersweet. Yeah. 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 Um, yeah. And yeah. That's cool, man. That's Dave, Dave, can I ask, are you still, 
doing anything music related now? I mean, now that you're doing real estate full time, are you still? Not really. Wow. Um, I am playing two shows with Toby coming up though. Oh, okay. <laughs> okay. 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 Um, but uh, uh, nothing really outside of that. I kind of see myself getting back to like enjoying playing though, mm-hmm. and and you know I'm finding myself sitting at the piano more wow, than cool. I normally do. Yeah, that's cool. So um, I've, I kind of feel like my passion for actually just playing is mm. is is increasing. Yeah, which I think is good. Yeah, yeah. I love I love the idea of transition, even though, I mean, you could say in one breath that you 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 love the idea, but man, it's got to be the toughest thing too. After you've been doing something for twenty seven years, you know, um, mm-hmm. I was uh, I was just listening to I don't know if it was a podcast or it was it was an interview, but this guy who worked for Goldman Sachs was also an advisor to like four different presidents, uh, United States presidents. And uh, he's writing a book. And the gist of his book is um, retirement for mm-hmm. people who've, who've served at that capacity, yeah. president of the United States. And he said what's common for all of them is, um, he didn't go into detail, but it's it's really difficult to be, you know, the most powerful man in the universe to just a regular citizen. I mean, they're never regular, normal, because they all have security and whatnot, but to have climbed the ladder to do something uh, for so long, you know, the career of of politics. And, uh, but as I think about your situation, I think what's cool is it's not like you're retired from, from life or from uh, being a contributor. Um, It's just, it's a different, but yeah. to, to do something for 25 years and then now to transition, was there a was there a period where you were doing some real estate while you were on the road? Like, how, how long how long were you, have you done real estate? I've done real estate. I've been in real estate for four years. Okay, now so it overlapped. Nice for sure. Is, did that uh, kind of make the transition maybe a little smoother or? Definitely yeah. uh, made it definitely made it easier tr- to transition. Um, it doesn't feel like I've made a major transition. Yeah. Like I don't feel it for mm-hmm. sure. Um, so so it's been a smooth transition uh, into not doing what I did for thirty years. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and I think it's. Um, I mean, I've just slow. I, I I've I've slowly learned to not. Um, take what I do as my value. Mm-hmm. Like I've kind of felt that for a long time that what I do isn't who I am necessarily. Sure. So for me being on a, on stage and in front of a lot of people, the value of that wasn't crazy for yeah. me. Mm-hmm. Do you know what I mean? Like yeah, I didn't sure. place a lot of value on that. Um, and so I'm not missing that that side of it at all (laughs) i'm glad you brought that up dave because that was one thing i was thinking about is that and i'm not sure if this is a universal experience or if it's unique to maybe americans or or people in our generations like a lot of people though can find their identity in what they do their identity is we even say it like 
we when we meet someone hi i'm josh i'm dave what do you do <laughs> that means well how do you make your money basically yeah, right. yeah. and that's one of the first questions we ask someone that's how much should i value you right <laughs> right it's interesting <laughs> yeah. and i think that that can become a trap for a lot of people and it can come to bite you when you go through transitions like you've been going through right now is that well i've i've done this for 20 years if that was who you were i could see it being a catastrophic transition for for you and i think that happens to a lot of people but i'm curious uh, to ask you like what is it then for you that has allowed you to go through this transition and not necessarily feel like you've lost an, a part of your identity or maybe you have and that's fine too but i'm curious like what is th- what are the things that that make dave wyatt dave wyatt beyond just this is what i do for for money great question of yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, i i I don't know exactly what to say, except that I've, um, over probably the course of the last couple of years, I've made some mental transitions where I think a little bit differently. Um, as I'm navigating life, you know, um, I read this book called the four agreements. Mm-hmm. I don't know if you've heard of it or not. I read it. Okay. Yep. So I read the four agreements and that really kind of changed my mentality a lot. And so the book is kind of the overall theme is like how to avoid drama. Mm-hmm. And it breaks down actually a lot of other world thought and thought that's in the Bible into just, it's easy for me to take on to, to remember the first, first agreement is um, be impeccable with your word. Mm-hmm which means don't speak bad about yourself, don't gossip, um, say what you mean, and then don't take anything personally, which is, that's the hardest one I think for people to really do, but if you can actually do that, then that can really drastically change change how you interact with people. Um, Because that principle um, implies, what is it? no, don't, don't take anything personally. Don't take anything personally. What that really means is when someone comes at you, it's you have to look beyond them in that moment and yeah. think what's causing this person to be act that way. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And if you realize you've got all, you're kind of doing all the right things, right. it won't matter if someone comes at you mm-hmm. because you're, you're secure in gotcha. your things and what someone else does it doesn't matter really um and then the third one is well be your best is the last i know always do your best is the fourth is the fourth one and the third one is uh i should i read these every day i should be able to say them (laughs) i i can't remember off the top of my head what it is but so the fourth when i read it i read this book last year and the fourth one was actually the one that resonated the most with me Mm -hmm. um i think it's because growing up for, for me and my brother Eli there was a th- a thing that uh my parents always told us that really for whatever reason really stuck with me and it was be excellent mm-hmm. that was uh, a big theme in my childhood is be excellent in what you do and that fourth agreement always do your best um if i remember it right 
it was not necessarily um, the result of what you do was not as important as how you did something. Mm. And that really stuck with me. And, and um, there's a lot of value in that, in being excellent, in always doing your best in what you do. And I think when we bring it back to ident- our identity, when you, when always doing your best is something that's important to you, it doesn't necessarily matter as much what it is that you're doing, if that makes sense. Yeah, totally. Whether it's touring around around the world or selling houses, if you're, it's really not about the actual act. It's about, well, I'm just going to do my best at this. Yeah. The other flip side to that is that your best, um, it's just your best in that moment. Mm-hmm. So I'll give you an example. Um, my best in this moment right now could be, I'm going to uber prepare for this and have a bunch of things written out that I'm going to talk about in case it goes bad or something, <laughs> or, or I could, I could over, you know, check you guys out online and, and, and so I know everything you guys have done in your history, or I could just not do that mm-hmm. and show up and be open and honest and willing. And mm-hmm. that could be my best in this moment. Sure. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. Cause so it's kind of freeing really yeah. like do your best mm-hmm. in this moment, yeah. not necessarily the best right. Right. in this moment. I do think that uh, just that principle, do your best. There's a correlation between that and longevity. It's very evident in your 20 plus year yeah. career. Uh, Toby Mack is somebody that a lot of our viewers and listeners are familiar with. And uh, it's comforting to know that to see his career unfold, that we have a close relationship with someone who helped build uh that be a part of it uh you know a lot of people would recognize you as his md musical director for all of these years and to re uh invent himself through all these years it takes people who buying into that whole concept of do your best we're not going to show up with the same thing that we did in the past it's going to be new and and uh appealing and attractive and so man i have no doubt that you're going to do that in this field of real estate uh, one thing that I, I do remember about Dave as well is every time we would come to the studio it looked different mm-hmm. from the last time we were there it was whatever is news coming out the booth was transformed and and so I appreciate that about you man. yeah definitely I think all, always striving to be your best is yeah. really important I have a memory of so I grew up going to a lot of Katina's concerts obviously so concerts were not necessarily for me like a very big deal like it's oh yeah this, that's what my dad that's what my dad does he uh he's a drummer but i remember one of the first con it might have been the first concert that i at least remember that wasn't a katina's concert at all it was a toby mack show wow. here in nashville and i remember obviously i was there to see toby i loved his music growing up but at the show i remember my mom was with me and she said that's Mr. Dave. That's Mr. Dave on the keys. I said, I know him. <laughs> and that was the thing at You're the concert. Santa. That was the concert that I was, or that was the thing at the concert that was like, as a young 
Boy, I was proud. Like everyone here is here for Toby, but I know the guy on the piano. I have that memory, and I know that back then you were doing your best. Yeah, Yeah, it definitely Um, was. Well, um, one last question I have for you is: it's a question that I've asked several of our guests before, and it's something that I spend a lot of time myself thinking about. And I love hearing other people talk about it as well. And it's about dreams. What are you dreaming about? Um, what is the dream for you in this phase of your life? Um, that thing that maybe you already have it, or maybe it's out there and you're trying to grab it, but I'd love to hear what is the dream for you right now? Great question. I think I'm trying to figure that out really in this new, uh, transition, but I have, you know, I think the beautiful dream would be if my, all my kids still stay here in Nashville (laughs) and they're around and, um, just preparing for the next journey with, um, I do find myself now having gotten off the road, spending time with my family feels way more important Mm. than it really did when they were growing up Mm. for some reason. And I think it's maybe because I feel like I missed a lot. Um, so, so I think, I mean, it's, I don't have a major dream really other than in the back of my mind. I really want to create that, that environment there where my kids want to be around and spend time with us and they do now which is crazy because like over thanksgiving and christmas even though they all live here they come to our house and (laughs) and stay the weekend or during that time so that is a major dream to for families to love each other in in a lot of in this world it's a miracle Mm. and um so that's a great thing to dream for and um I think uh, whatever is next for you, whatever that next dream is, I, I feel confident that um, you're going to do your best and it's, it's, it's going to work out. So Absolutely. I'm going to try. Yeah. For yeah. Sure. Dave, man, thank you so much for being thank here. You, brother. I know the uncles are blessed to have uh, a guy like you here in the office at the table with us and you're welcome back on the show anytime, man. And the next Thanks. time he comes back, you can ask, ask him the other question that I've I listen to the podcast a lot and there's another question that he'll ask it's, it might be a certain demographic and it's do you believe in aliens <laughs> <laughs> that'll be for the next one all right <laughs> aliens we'll get into it yeah, we'll, we'll, we'll see the aliens conversation for next time yeah. i'll just say we're floating on one star <laughs> among a billion stars <laughs> yeah, there you go <laughs> sounds like a song yeah. Yeah. sounds like we need to have you back man but thanks again and uh, uh look forward to the next time we have you To those of you listening, thank you for tuning in. We'll be back with more episodes soon. Have a great day.